in the first epistle of blessed Apostle Paul to the Thessalonians. Brethren, even as you have learned from us how you ought to walk and to please God, as indeed you are walking, we beseech and exhort you in the Lord Jesus to make even greater progress. For you know what precepts I have given to you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from immorality, that every one of you learn how to possess his vessel in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and overreach his brother in the matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all of these things. As we have told you before and have testified, for God has not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness in Christ Jesus our Lord. reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves and was transfigured before them. And his face shone as the sun, and his garments became white as snow. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking together with him. Then Peter addressed Jesus, saying, Lord, it is good for us to be here, if thou wilt, Let us set up three tents here, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. As he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And on hearing it, the disciples fell on their faces and were exceedingly afraid. And Jesus came near and touched them and said to them, Arise and do not be afraid. But lifting up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus cautioned them, saying, Tell the vision to no one, till the Son of Man has risen from the dead. Praise to thee, O Christ. So we celebrate this second Sunday of Lent, and the tabernacle candle in the church burns this week in loving memory of Betty Ballinger. The second collection this weekend is for the Building Fund. Uh, our, Lenten, our Lenten Reflection Series continues this Wednesday with Dr. Jeffrey Bain, a scholar of philosophy, literature, and history, and a parishioner here at St. Agnes. The topic for Dr. Bain's reflection is an acceptable sacrifice, Abel the Just, Abraham the Obedient, Melchizedek the Mysterious how Old Testament sacrifices prefigure the liturgy and guide our participation. Certainly a wonderful talk, if you can make it. The Feast of St. Joseph, the patron of our diocese, is this coming Saturday, so we'll have 8 a.m. Mass as normal. We'll also offer a 10 a.m. Latin Mass to honor St. Joseph and his patronage. Our spring parish workday is scheduled for Saturday, April the 9th. That will be uh, so immediately following the 8 a.m. Mass, so from noon, uh, from 9 a.m. until noon, and we'll have lunch provided as we have, uh, and we hope this is uh, time for enough for you to be able to, uh, to clear your schedule to, to try to be there, as well as to pray for some good weather. Uh, again, the Goldilocks principle, not too hot, not too cold, uh, just right, uh, some just right weather uh, for us for our parish workday. If you are an adult, or if you know an adult who has not received the Sacrament of Confirmation, we invite you to take this step of faith and to receive the sacrament. We'll be planning for the administration of the Sacrament of Confirmation uh, for adults in the weeks ahead, and we'd ask that you call the parish office for more information. 
Let me ask you to keep Father Hill in your prayers. Uh, He's doing well overall, uh, but has had some balance issues uh, in the last few weeks. Uh, And so just to to offer some extra prayers for him uh, certainly would be for his good. And this Mass is offered in thanksgiving for Father Hill. So this week we continue with the second of the precepts. And it's pretty straightforward, as the precepts typically are, but this one seems even more so. You shall confess your sins at least once a year. Straightforward, right? It is arguably the easiest of the precepts to maintain, as it takes about an hour or so, maybe two hours if you've got to come from a little farther away, if you come here particularly. Uh, but to, simply to be able to make a good examination of conscience, to go to the church, to be able to make reconciliation, and then to be able to get back home, all can be done in a rather reasonable amount of time. And it only has to be done as a, as a very necessary minimum, as the Catechism reminds us, once a year. And yet, for many, is also a difficulty, and we acknowledge this as well. For many, there are those who may wrestle with the theological fact of uh, that Christ uh, speaks through the priest, that he works through the priest, uh, and that forgiveness comes through the priest. There are some who would wrestle with this reality. There are others who have had an experience of confession in which it was anything but, uh, but healing. Uh, it was more to the effect of walking away going, well, I'm never doing that again. Uh, because it was such a a traumatic or negative experience. These are individuals in the life of the church as well. There are also those who experience some reluctance to be able to make the sacramental reconciliation as simply the the fact of telling another person one's own sins. Because if you know the priest, what's he going to think? How is he going to respond? Sometimes there may be anxiety in simply saying things out loud to another person. It's easier to to just kind of keep it in the quiet of our heart and turn to the good Lord rather than to actually voice these things with our own lips. So the things of of just kind of human and psychological reasons that some people um, are, are kind of reluctant to be able to enter into the sacrament of reconciliation. But Mother Church does indicate that we are to go at least once a year to be able to make a sacramental reconciliation. Typically, this is done during the Lenten season because of the reason, part of the reason that Mother Church gives us this precept. Part of it is that the Catechism indicates so that we can be prepared for Holy Communion. And this is simply to say that uh, one of the other precepts, as I introduced them last week, One of the other precepts is to be able to receive Holy Communion at least once a year, uh, particularly during the Easter season. Uh, And so if we are are going during the Easter season to make our annual, to make our Easter duties, as they traditionally were called, if we're making our Easter duties to be able to receive Holy Communion, then one would prepare during the Lenten season by going to confession. And so it's normative that churches would have kind of larger, larger uh, volume of, of confessions, uh, a larger uh, opportunities, more opportunities, uh, what the, the Light is On For You programs or parish reconciliation programs or the, the, the one a few years back that we did at St. Aloysius, the 24 hours for the Lord, which was uh, 24 hours where the priest was in the confessional waiting for whoever might walk in the door. Uh, and so... These kinds of opportunities are, are given to us uh, so as to be able to, to come and to, to make that annual, uh, annual cleaning of our soul. If you will, uh, we're all supposed to make our annual doctor visit for him to, for, for them to be able to, to make sure that we have you know, good health of body. Uh, so much the same uh, Mother Church tells us to do that for our soul. 
And the second thing that the catechism indicates for us as the fruits of this, or some of the, the necessity, the importance of this particular precept, is that it continues the work of our baptism. Every one of us, having received baptism, were forgiven of all of our sins, and spiritual life, the life of God, uh, sacramental grace, sanctifying grace, was given to our soul as to, to produce fruit, right? So we were essentially kind of planted in the heart of God, and as such, we're kind of deriving fruits from Him by our participation in the sacraments and our life of prayer and bearing the fruits of holiness, virtue. And so the work of confession essentially is to continue these things so that they are not simply a, a one-time thing, particularly if one finds oneself in mortal sin. Uh, it is the, the sacrament of reconciliation that is the means by which we are brought back into the sanctifying grace of God. There's a, a, very, a, very slim, uh, a very slim place where one can go if one makes a perfect act of contrition. Uh, but also with that, there's, there's always the, the, the fact of make a perfect act of contrition with the resolution to get to sacramental confession as soon as you can. Uh, other people often, they often forget that part. So they just think about making an act of contrition, uh, making, trying to make an act of perfect contrition and, and presume that that's enough. But rather, it's, it's to be able to make sure that we get to sacramental reconciliation as quickly as possible afterwards. And some other church indicates that we are to, to make recourse have recourse to the sacrament of confession at least once a year. And I would suggest that there are a variety of reasons why this can be fruitful for our lives. First, again, it's that annual spring cleaning. It's the opportunity to be able to, to go and to make an examination of, of our soul to see where we stand. Essentially, are we growing in the spiritual life? And one of the ways to do that is to be able to look at our, our life in a very simple manner and say, is sin decreasing? and virtue increasing. It's a very simple examination of conscience one could do. Uh, is one decreasing, is the other increasing? It's an important thing for us because if we, are, if we are growing in the spiritual life, this is what we should see. We should see sin decrease, uh, whether, in its, whether, in its, uh, whether it's mortal sin, uh, tending back towards a venial sin, uh, or venial sin, you know, all of these things, shrinking in, 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 in frequency and intensity, these kinds of things, our attachment to them. And so, it's good for us to make this, this annual examination uh, kind of in a larger sense to see how was our soul? How was our soul? It continues, as we said that from the catechism, the work of baptism. It is that, that promised gift to us uh, that forgiveness is offered, uh, that forgiveness is, is present there to us, as well as that continued growth in the life of grace, that continued conversion of our own hearts, little bit after little bit, more and more perfectly to Christ. Going to confession helps us to become aware of our sins, simply by forcing us to have to say them. If you're going to confession, you have to have something to say, right? Otherwise, confession doesn't count. If you come in and just tell me all kinds of positive things, the sacrament cannot be dispensed because there's no sin to forgive. There's no content to actually wrestle with. If, you know, if, and so, you know, uh, the priest can offer a blessing. He can, you know, say, job well done, uh, you know, this kind of thing. But, uh, but there, can be no, there can be no absolution if there is no mentioning of actual sin that's been committed. And so going to confession, it forces us to become aware of our sin as we do an, uh, the examination of conscience. We run through things, going to see what's the, what's the state of our soul again. And this has the natural effect of helping us to grow in virtue, or at least it should, if we are responsive, if our, if our, our, our conscience is not numb to things. If we, go to, if we go and make the examination of conscience, 
if we go and, and do these things and we see the sin that, that's, that we commit within our own lives, the invitation then is to do something about it, of course, to be able to, to seek to resolve, to, to work on this particular aspect or to, you know, to, to, to be more fervent in prayer in these particular things, to be able to establish for oneself a rule of life to live by, to be able to, to work towards some spiritual gain, some spiritual life uh, that we look forward to. And so this awareness of sin helps us to do this, to become, become aware of sin so as to try to root it out, to be able to get rid of it. The Lord has given us a tremendous blessing in being able to actually hear the words of absolution. Every night at Compline, the priest uh, and everyone who does Compline is invited to make the examination of conscience briefly before, uh, before the office begins and then to make either an act of contrition or if it's in public to, be the, to do the, uh, the public confidior. Uh, and so the, the act of the, the examination of conscience uh, that one makes, the act of contrition, Never once in my entire life of 20-so years, 20-plus years, I guess now, uh, of, of having recourse to this nightly examine, never once have I heard a, a voice come from the sky, this a voice came from the heavens uh, on the Mount of Transfiguration that said, Brent, I forgive you of your sins. That would terrify me if I heard that in my bedroom. I wouldn't know what was going on. I would probably... I'd probably just, I'd probably just be like, all right, I'm, I'm done. Close up the book. I'd, clearly, I've gone crazy. Something has gone wrong, right? Uh, so that this is, this is not a thing, right? Whenever we, you know, we like to go to our Lord and to be able to, to make a private examine and to be able to make an act of contrition, this is a good and holy thing, right? It's proper for us to do this. But there is one place and one place alone where we hear the words of our absolution, where we hear with certainty that we are forgiven, and it is in the sacrament of reconciliation. The evil one loves to, even, if we, even when we go to confession, he loves to be able to try to cast doubt upon things. Did we do this right? Did we say everything? Did we do this? Da, da, da. And so the devil one loves to, he, evil, he, the evil one comes, he loves to, to be able to, to cast doubts into our minds, to be able to disturb our peace. And that's just when we've already gone to the sacrament. How much more he loves to do it whenever we make an examination of our conscience and simply make an act of contrition. The devil still, you know, he says, well, you didn't even, you didn't confess it. Da, 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 you know, and he can, he, you know, he, can, he starts to, to come into the place. And so the evil one loves to come and, and try to cast doubt upon things. And so it's, it's a wonderful gift that we have a place where we can hear with our own ears the absolution that is given to us. This is because we're human. We need these things to a great degree. It's the reason that we, that we have the sacraments. It's the reason that our sacraments include laying on, laying on of hands, washing with water, anointing with oils. It's the reason that we clothe, that we clothe individuals at baptism. It's the reason we have a church. It's the reason that we have these walls, these, these beautiful stained glass windows, the stations, the, the, the paintings, the mosaics, the statues, the, the, the fact that we sing at Mass, the fact that we have a liturgy that, that looks beautiful, that all of these things, they convey things to our soul that our soul needs things, and very often they come through the experience of the body. This is a simple fact of things. And so we are physical beings. We're not angels. So we're physical beings who need that physical assurance of things, who need to be able to kneel before the one true God. We need to be able to, to sing praise to the Lord. We need to be able to, to see things uh, and to be able to, to lift up our hearts. And what a grace it is that we have the sacrament of confession where we do not have to, to wonder if our sins are forgiven, like so many of our brothers and sisters in Christ who are not Catholic, but rather we can know with certainty 
The priest said, I absolve you from your sins, right? And thus, it is done. There is certainty here and a great gift. Whenever we go to the sacrament, it is not simply a cleansing from our sins. It is also a receiving of his grace. It is to be able to to go and to know that, that the grace that is necessary for us, both to fight against sin and to pursue virtue, to live the things of our daily life, is given to us there. It is a strengthening of our soul. In confession, it doesn't happen every time, but from time to time, it will be that the priest will give some sort of guidance or direction that can be helpful to us. Maybe that he hears something and and gives some encouragement, or he senses discouragement in a particular soul, or a lack of understanding of the seriousness and gravity of particular sins. And so these are places where the priest is able to to come and offer some some, some small uh, small spiritual direction uh, for the individual that otherwise we would not be able to perceive. Maybe we could go sit up a meeting with him to count to, to be able to have, you know, that encounter. But very often, it's, it's the sacrament of confession, while not meant for spiritual direction, can be a place where we can have some direction for our souls to be able to move forward in this path of holiness. Making use of the sacrament of confession also increases our love for the priesthood. Not simply for the priest himself, but rather for the priesthood as the fact of the priesthood, as uh, an exercise of the priesthood of Jesus Christ. It's his priesthood that is the one true priesthood, that he is the great high priest. Every other priest participates in the priesthood of Christ to, to some degree. And so it is for us in frequenting the, the sacrament of confession that we have the ability to, to see the love of God for us again in our humanity to be able to see that that he has given us also the ability to experience his priesthood in a continuous manner. Not simply to know intellectually that he is in heaven and that he is interceding for us before the Father, but that he also has given us priests here in this life to be able to to be those, those visible intercessors for us, those visible ones to be able to be spiritual fathers to the household that is the church. And so it can increase our love for the priesthood of Jesus Christ, uh, and that priesthood that is manifest through the earthly priests which are ordained. And all of this, in the end, is simply the, the, the lesser things that can be more focused upon ourselves and upon our own experience of things. But in the end, the greatest of goods is the, the fact that every time we go to confession, we encounter the Father. We encounter God himself. And it's not simply a, a breaking of rules. It's not simply going to say that one offended catechism number 1872, whatever that might be. It's the one has gone and by our sins, we are wounding the heart of our Father. We're wounding the Son of Jesus Christ and his crucifixion and his passion. It's these things that we come to lament. We don't lament ordinary things, simply the breaking of a law as the breaking of a law. I've mentioned this before, I think, that when I, was in, when I was in driver's ed, our teacher mandated that anytime we broke a law, anytime we broke one of the rules of the road, that we had to find the sign that indicated that rule, get out of the car, and apologize to the sign. I broke the speed limit, which is not a surprising thing to anyone who's ever ridden with me. And so I had to get out and apologize to the 35-mile-an-hour speed limit sign in my own neighborhood. I had no sorrow of heart. There was no contrition. 
It wasn't lamentation. I didn't, I didn't sit down in my, in my room that night and, and really lament, you know, that, you know, Lord, I, you know, stop sign, uh, you know, or, you know, speed limit sign, red light, you know, I, I just, I'm so sorry that I broke you today. That'd be foolish. If anyone has that problem, please come talk to me. We can, we can work through some spiritual direction for you, properly orient you in the things of God. Because the reality is that we may break them and we may confess them as just laws that we have broken. The simple fact is that we don't have, we don't have a relationship to 35 miles an hour. But we do have a relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And this is the great gift of the sacrament. Is every time we come, we're able to experience the one true God and his love for us in the sacrament. Every time we go and, and to place ourselves uh, on our knees to be able to admit our sins, this is simply an acknowledgement that we are enacting once more the story of the prodigal son, the one who has squandered his inheritance as we have squandered God's grace and we have sinned and we turn back looking for mercy. And much like the prodigal son, it would be easy for us just to hope for the lowest place in the workforce, just to be able to, to, be able to, to do the, the one who's the lowest in the house. But every last time, the Father comes and raises us to great glory, clothes us with his mercy, clothes us with his grace, fills us with his peace, we pray, as uh, the prayer of absolution hopes, uh, and sends us away in a better state, hopefully an encouraged state, to be able to, to recognize the dignity that we have as sons and daughters of God our Father. Every time we go to confession, this is the gift. Is this the encounter with our Father, who out of his love for us, continues to show us his mercy. And so this is our grace. And if this is the reality of confession, why would we only want it once a year? That's my encouragement always to souls to be able to go at least once a month. Some I know go more, go more regularly, once a week or so. But I think it's a wonderful practice to be able to go at least once a month for a variety of reasons, but especially to, to allow the grace of God to continue to increase within our soul, to allow the love of God to increase within our soul, to encounter God in his mercy regularly. And if we find ourselves in mortal sin, don't wait until your next scheduled time. Go there ASAP. Sometimes individuals will indicate that they've been abstaining from communion for a month or two months or three months because of a mortal sin that they had committed. And this is a, a greatest sorrow because how much the Father longs to be able to give the gift of life in the Son and the Eucharist. This is what the Father offers to us week after week after week, an encounter with his mercy and a tremendous blessing for our soul. May God grant us the resolve to make frequent use of the sacrament of confession, to rejoice in the gift of the love of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for us, and to pray that we might be able to increase in our love for them as well.